Hey guys, this is Angela Bless. You can tune into my podcast, which is called Real Talk with Angela Bless, every Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on all platforms. I can be heard on iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Amazon Music. When I say all platforms, all platforms in over 20 plus countries. I have a guest today and I'm going to have her to introduce herself to you guys. She has a very interesting topic and I hope you guys enjoy it. Go ahead. Hi, my name is Tamika Boston and I am a life coach as well as a licensed doula. My business is Boundless Consulting and I consult in a couple of different areas. Today we are going to talk about the doula business and what goes on. What is a doula? How we correspond with um, our patients as well as the medical profession and things like that. So to get started, did you know that as a African-American woman, we have a mortality rate four to five times higher than a white woman when we go in to give birth? That is astounding. I didn't know that till you told me. And why is those numbers so high? There's a couple of different reasons. One, do you have health care? Two, mm. has this been planned? Have mm. you taken care of yourself? Do you know if you're in a high risk category? Wow. All of those things are important before you even get pregnant. And then once you're pregnant, it's important for you to talk to your medical provider. That's good. So do you really think healthcare plays um, a part in it? Just like you said, when it comes to insurance wise and so forth like that? I do. Um, and let me be clear. Doulas, we are not medical professionals. We're there as advocates mm -hmm. to help the women, the dads, the labor um, in the labor room and outside of the labor room when they go home for the postpartum care. So we're there as advocates, but it makes a, a huge difference for if you've had adequate health care to address problems. Yes. Um, and the biggest thing is really when you're in that labor room and after somebody to listen to you and advocate for that person. And that's good because I was looking at the different videos when you were like, hey, I want to do a podcast. So I said, let me just, because I always research the guests or whoever I'm with, and I start reading stuff. I'm like, oh my goodness. And you start hearing these different lady stories, this different lady stories, and this. And this brought me back to when I had a miscarriage. I was 17 weeks. And I was trying to tell the doctor, you know, they were like, I can't feel the heart, the baby heartbeat, and the baby had passed. And this is before I had Jasmine. I'm like, no, the baby, I believe, is still in my stomach. You know, they didn't want to hear all that. So I ended up going to work. Two weeks later, I started feeling hot and cold. And then all of a sudden, I heard something go, pop. I'm hemorrhaging. I had to drive myself to the hospital, you know, and the doctor was in there. They were trying to stop the bleeding. They were like, if we can't stop the bleeding, we're going to have to take you upstairs and do it. DNC, and we're going to have to um, take your... Uh, to do a hysterectomy, hysterectomy yeah because oh, i was that's how bad i was bleeding so much and so i was talking to the doctors and i like the nurse that was in here and the other nurse i told her the baby didn't pass and they just ignored me and sent me home just like that and said i'll be fine and so that brought me back to that and you know how i almost lost my life you know and that's sad because some of the people didn't make it you know and i you know like you say healthcare and um not knowing if you have so um certain type of sickness in your body and so forth uh, you know, um, what made you want to become a doula? Well, for years, I would go into the um, labor and delivery room with family members, friends. It was just what I did. Mm -hmm. But then a few years ago, um, two of my daughters had children and there was such a discrepancy in what happened with both. One mm. had excellent mm -hmm. care 
and the other one, there was problems that were ignored. Mm -hmm. And yes, we were in COVID, but I know without a shadow of a doubt that if I hadn't brought my daughter with me to a hospital that was near and would listen to what we were saying, she wouldn't have made it or her child because she was preeclamptic, preeclamptic and they missed it. Throughout the pregnancy, I kept saying, ask these questions, but they dismissed her as a young black woman who didn't really understand pregnancy, didn't understand what was going on. And I'm like, no, ask this question. And even with my clients, I tell them, look, the doctors work for you. At the end of the day, this is your insurance. This is your money. They work for you. If they're not listening to you, change doctors. Mm -hmm. For black women, it's like when we find that perfect hairdresser who can get it right every time we're comfortable. They understand what we're... Same thing with the doctor. They work for you. Find the one that's comfortable, that you're comfortable with. Find the one that's listening to you. So I just have a passion because as black women, we should not be dying in labor homes. Mm -hmm. We should not be dying within a year of giving birth. But we have to have an advocate and someone to listen to us. When you're in labor, you know, you're going through all these motions and ranges. You need somebody stable in the room who can pay attention and say, no, this is what my client wants. This is what the plan is, even if we have to alter the plan, because when you have a baby, things change. You know, yeah. you go in with plan A and B and God dog, we get to plan Z because things change. That's okay. But you need somebody in that room advocating for you saying, yep, this is great. Nope, that's not what she wants. And my personal experience, I had two great experiences and then two negative experiences. And it was all because of the doctors and the insurance that I had at the time. Mm -hmm. So I like to be an advocate. That's good. I know with my last uh, four, the other two, I did have not have um, um, a doula or a midwife. Midwives are good too. So yes, doula and midwives work hand in hand. I love them. Yeah. And so for my experience, when I had with the the no no problem. I love the students that's trying to get their yeah. degree in medicine. But sometimes they make mistakes. Uh, so after that, I decided to get a doula and a midwife. So if they don't know what a midwife wife is, tell them what a midwife does. Okay, a midwife is this notch up from the doula. They are medical professionals. Mm -hmm. They're not the um, OBGYN, but yes, they can come in. They can support you medically as well as emotionally. Mm -hmm. So they're very important. If you want to avoid, um, some people go to birthing centers and have midwives, which is great. You're comfortable. They're there. They know the medical. Um, they know everything medical to do for you. And they should have a emergency plan just in case. So mm -hmm. midwives are the next step above the doula. Yes, they are amazing. They're not going to let nobody touch you. If you are getting in the room, they're going to put you out. Yes, they But they're going to make sure you're comfortable and you're taken care of. And no matter what your ethnic group uh, background is, yes. one thing about them. So do you really think race matter when it comes to someone that does not have a doula or advocate or a midwife and just has some kind of, you know, just lousy insurance or no insurance when it comes to childbirth? Yes. Unfortunately, there there's a difference. Mm -hmm. Even in my my own personal experience. I had great insurance for three births. And then because of circumstances, I had to go on the um, Medicaid mm -hmm. insurance for my last one. My husband had just started a job and we were waiting for it to kick in. Oh my God. The doctor came in and pretty much sat on the bed, said, push the baby down. I have a surgery. And I'm like, I don't care what you have. This ain't my first rodeo and you can get out. Wow. <laughs> so 
it was just a difference. When I had great insurance, oh, they treated me like a queen. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't understand this. Looking back, just a bad experience with the, the wrong people. You know, my personal doctor was on vacation. Side note, I told him don't go on vacation because I was going to have my baby when he was on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't listen, but that's okay. Yes. <laughs> so I had one of the, you know, doctors in the group mm -hmm. who, who didn't know me. I had never seen him before. And he came to deliver the baby because I was there. And when I got there, I was like eight centimeters. So it's not going home and coming back, any of that. And they, you know, my doctor was informed, like I had um, a VBAC. So I was a VBAC. That's when you have a vaginal birth after you have a cesarean. They say it's not possible. In some cases, yes, there is. Mm -hmm. It just depends on why you have the cesarean. My first cesarean was because my daughter was breached. So I had no medical reason that I needed another cesarean. And I was adamant. I don't want a cesarean unless my daughter's, you know, my child's life is in danger or my life is in danger. So my personal doctor knew that and the new doctor didn't. And he pretty much committed fraud and said I had a cesarean and I didn't. Oh, so it was wow. just a horrible experience. But I wasn't on private insurance. I was on Medicaid. So I'm sure he could just push the paperwork through. Yeah. My regular doctor knew that that didn't happen. You didn't have a cesarean. You had no reason what, what went on. So it was a lot that I experienced that I would never want another mother to experience. Giving birth is supposed to be a wonderful thing. It's it's definitely a life and death moment, mm -hmm. but it should be cherished. And, you know, you need somebody in there who's saying, okay, I'm with you. I'm the common force because there's so much going on. There's 20 people running in the room that help you deliver a baby. And you're like, I got strange faces. Got my legs up and I'm at the most vulnerable state in my life. Mm -hmm. So who was out the cake? Even though that have happened to you, I have heard a lot of people from a different ethnic background. Um, that happened to them, especially during COVID. One of the guys that I used to work with, I'm not going to say the job, he, they wouldn't let him in. They end up giving his wife a cesarean when she was supposed to push the baby out. And so, yeah, he was boycotting because of that. Because at first, like, before that, I'm like, he's just tripping. What is it? Then, when, you know, when you brought this to my attention and I started looking this up, I said, Joe wasn't tripping at all. It makes sense why he was acting like that. And his wife is uh, um, is Caucasian. And so it was a big thing with them. I don't know if they filed a lawsuit, but she could have lost her life from that and everything. So, you know, I don't know why. Why would they disregard what you're saying versus what they're saying? Is it you think because they have they feel like they have a degree? Some of it is that, you know, and it, it really goes down to how that doctor is. Yes, mm -hmm. they are the medical profession. They're the expert in that field and we're not. Mm -hmm. But guess what? You're the expert of your body. Mm -hmm. I am the expert of my body. You're the expert. Nobody can come tell you your level of pain. Mm -hmm. But you can ask me mm -hmm. and I can tell you my level of pain is at six or is at 25. I'm, I'm dying here. It's normal for people to be in pain and it's normal for doctors to say, okay, you're in pain and labor. This is normal. But then when you're saying, no, this is not normal, something is wrong. Yeah. It makes a difference for people to listen to you opposed to brushing you off. And they have, they have processes and procedures in place. Yeah. I was um, watching TikTok and they was like, these are the five steps you do. If you go to a hospital and they're not listening to you, you ask for the, the head nurse in charge, you ask for the 911, the head person. It's so many things that we just don't know. Yeah. And 
sad to say doctors are humans they make mistakes some are great and mm -hmm. some are not the bad thing is when you have that small minority of doctors that won't listen it makes it bad for, for the, the rest awesome of them. doctors because mm -hmm. honestly I had an awesome doctor mm -hmm. who delivered three of my four and I referred him to everybody. I was like, look, here's one. Here's one. Yeah. So, and plenty <laughs> of my friends went there who were high risk, who were not because he listened. He followed my instructions. I mean, to the point that I didn't even have an epidural. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, doc, why didn't you talk to me about an epidural? He was like, because you said no meds no i was like doggone it you should have talked me into it <laughs> but that was the level of listening to me that he did yeah. he didn't overstep bounds and say look we have this but i'm not even talking to you because you're clear you don't want to do any of this stuff i mean now we have classes yes that's what you know as doulas we talk to you about classes have you taken a lactation class have you taken a parenting class have you taken a labor and delivery class have you visited the hospital that you're going to deliver it to see how it is so you don't get there and you're in shell shock mm -hmm. i mean i went to one hospital and i said gosh darn i want to have another baby because this is just nice up in here <laughs> i'm like this is just like a glamorous hotel room <laughs> But it makes a difference. This helps you. So when you go into labor and after or that you have some expectation instead of going in blind, when you go in blind and have no, no expectation, everything that comes at you can be scary. Yeah, exactly. So you educate beforehand. And that's good because I know growing up when I was coming up having um, kids in YouTube, all that was presented to us. Here's a doula. Here's healthcare. Here's how to exercise. But I don't think our children had that choice. You know, I don't know if it's lack of funding, but I know the children boy gives out a lot of that for free yes. for them also. Doulas too. Yeah. <laughs> but y'all go to Tamika. <laughs> yeah. go, go to Tamika, Boston. Yeah. So the video, let's talk about the video. I, I can't pull it up right now. I sent you a video about this young lady. She was in the waiting room and she was crying about how she dilated and she was like just hurting. So the doctor, let me clear, the doctor did write her a note to be off of work, but the nurse got mad and said she was, what she told her, she was abusing the system? Yeah, she was committing fraud. And in that situation, it would have been great for her to have a doula with her at that appointment, mm -hmm. to step in and say, ma'am, this is what's going on and we don't want you to provide service to our, our client. One, yes. you're not listening to her and you're talking to me about fraud mm -hmm. and she has a bona fide doctor's note. We're not committing fraud. So that's one of those people who actually should have been remove yourself. I don't want you to care for me. Exactly. Why? Because you work for me. And I don't like the, the treatment. I don't like the way you're speaking to me. You didn't elevate my blood pressure and I'm just a doula. No. So it would have been great. But even without a doula, I advise people um, when I'm not in the doctor's office, these are the questions you ask and you have rights. Yeah. Their medical profession professionals are there to see the health and well-being for you. And you have the right to say no. You have the right to ask for someone else. And you always have the right to ask for the manager in charge. And that's that's good because I don't think the doctors look for a lot of people to ask the right, you know, the questions yeah. they want you to just come in most of them. Okay. Duh. But some of them will ask any questions for me. Um, you know, yeah. they will listen, but you know, and that makes the difference. Yeah. I sat in doctor room, you know, with a little gown on and the doctor just A, B, C, D, D, D. And I stopped seeing them. Look, you need to listen to me. You need to take some notes. So when I come back, that 
you know what's going on and you're not asking me the same things. And I've had doctors that come in the room and know my whole history and like, hey, how did this go for you? This and then I start asking questions. Mm -hmm. I I'm of the I'm of a certain age. I ask questions, hey, what should I expect? One doctor couldn't answer me. Oh, wow. Okay, so you can't answer my question, so we're gonna have to shift from you. Mm -hmm. It's just that simple. You work for me. And I don't think a lot of um, younger people know that, you know, if they're they, scared, they, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Cause my first baby, that lady, that doctor, that doctor said, you keep screaming. I'm gonna leave you in here. <laughs> my first experience, like, I didn't know a nurse was supposed to talk, not talk to you like that. I thought that was normal because I was screaming. My first she baby. She should have said something different. Do you know that screaming is actually working against you in your life? Nah, she try something else. Yeah, my first one, he didn't even think I was in labor. I'm in the I'm in the emergency room, and I'm like, yes, I'm having contractions. I've timed them. Are you sure you're in labor? I was like, yes. Why? You know. I've had three nurses come ask me, what is the problem? And they were like, you're so calm. And I'm like, well, do you want me to act the fool? Because I can accommodate you. I thought me acting calm would help you, but I can act stupid right now. Oh, so why are you on that? Let's talk about that. Because I hear a lot of people saying a lot of times that the doctors don't believe a lot of African-American women because they feel like they can be, they can deal with pain. Did you, have you ever heard of that? Yes, it is um, a pain tolerant or something like it's that. Something from old slave times that taught that white people, when they had slaves, they they were taught that the slaves can handle so much pain and so much work, which is not true. The rubber meets the road. We all bleed red. But yes. If you crack me in the eye, I'm going to hurt just like the white woman. Yes. It's going to be a level of 10 for both of us. Yes. <laughs> There's no difference. So that is a misconception mm -hmm. and a lot of the other misconceptions does come from back in the day in slave times where there was poor health. There were poor eating habits. We didn't have opportunities to eat right because they were slaves. Mm -hmm. We're not in that generation. We do have access to health care. We do have access to eating healthy. And I tell you, this generation, they are about eating clean. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, no, we're not going to eat chips. Like I did. <laughs> so it's a different time and those old standards are not applicable, but yet they're still basing today's treatment on those old, outdated, incorrect things, slave mentality things is what I call them. I wonder they actually teach them teach that to them in school in the doctor. Well, I can't say they teach it in school. I'm gonna Google that parts of yeah. some sort that says if this, this it's just like um, they have charts for diabetes and African-American people, diabetes and this. It's not necessarily the best. Yes. You know, the weight. Remember the weight chart? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Say, oh, if you're five, seven, your BMI should be under 21 or whatever. Yes. Is that really applicable for where we're at? Just but your BMI could be higher because of your muscle mass. Like my granddaughters, um, they're born with their heart rate real high. So really? they just born like that. It's nothing wrong. Yeah. So, um, but I bet you they're checking them all. Yeah. They were checking them. They were specialists to the last specialist, which he's an Asian man. He was like, there's nothing wrong with her. You're not going to do surgery. This is just how she is. And her mother is. So she's fine. So 
you know, I agree with you with that. Moving back, let's go back to the first. You said life skill. You, you do life skill classes also. What is that? Life coaching. Yes, life coaching. I am a life coach. So I definitely coach on where your goals and where you want to be and help you get to those, whether it's um, in corporate America or just simple life skills. So you guys listen, for those of you guys I have business, <laughs> get with her. I definitely think your, uh, your Dublo business is going to go far. Uh, yeah, Dublo yeah. is coming up now that states are recognizing that it's, it's a benefit and it can bring down the mortality rate. It can help women, you know, come in and get what they need. There a lot of states are now shifting to state funded doulas. Mm -hmm. Um, I know Polk County just had literally on the news where they gave grants to help women go to um, doula training class. Oh, wow. Uh, so I know New York is, um, they have state funding. Florida does with, um, they do reach up and the children's board. Mm -hmm. So there's help out there, but you don't know what you don't know. And if you don't even know about a doula, you don't know to ask for it. Mm -hmm. So definitely doulas are on the rise. Yay. <laughs> so what can we do to bring the percentage um, down um, deaths across the board from all ethnic um, groups? Know your body and what you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. one. And find the doctor that meets your needs. Mm -hmm. And go to the doctor and listen and, you know, do the checkups like you're supposed to. And then ask the questions, because if you don't ever ask questions, you don't, you don't know what to do, how to do it. So just ask exactly. questions. And what do you think the doctors can do different than what they're doing now? I think doctors can listen to the patients and give the information, provide support outside of the doctor's office, because there's tons of support, tons of classes that educate you and make it easier for all parties a lactation class for new mothers is great mm -hmm. telling giving information is great like doctors haven't told women who have cesareans that if you want to breastfeed your milk is delayed because you had a cesarean nobody ever tells you that and then you get frustrated with trying to breastfeed just simple information that's what doulas do though we tell you that hey you had a cesarean, uh-uh, don't get upset about this. We're just going to work at it. So where can they find you at? And they want to search you up for doula or life skill coach or whatever. If you're looking for me, you can call me <laughs> <laughs> at 813-333-8388. Or you can send me an email. My email address is boundlessdoulatb. At Gmail. Encourage the women that's going through issues or they may have um, a bad experience with a doctor. What would you tell them? If you've had a bad experience with the doctor, one, try talking to the doctor. If that doesn't work, change doctors. Just that simple. Do your research. Um, we have, we, the web tells you what people are saying about doctors. Good, bad, ugly, or in between. And find you a doctor that will listen to you because listening is important. What you can do is you can also reach out to support groups because they provide information for your area, your community. If you're in Hillsborough County, definitely the Children's Board has so many avenues, so many classes, and so much support for new mothers, current mothers, and their families because we don't negate fathers. We do not. 